Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. We have been camping in the book of Ephesians, and uh, more specifically in the second chapter. And I want to read chapter 1, and we're going to read into this. Paul, verse 1, makes the statement, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the church of Ephesus, he makes a, a, a powerful statement, and he says, I'm Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And notice what he said, I, I, I'm by the will of God. When you, were, when you know the will of God, you will not be moved by circumstance, situations, or by somebody else's will being imposed on you, what you're supposed to do. Here, here, here I've, many years I've, I've said this. Whoever calls you is the one who has to fund you. If you're in the ministry like I am right now, I'm called of God. I did not get called by my wife. If my wife called me, she's got to fund me. I didn't get called by a bunch of friends. If they did, they'd have to fund me. I didn't get called by an organization. If I did, that organization would be responsible to fund me. God called me, and when he called me, he was responsible and still is, after all of these years, well over 40 years, just bumping up against 50 years in a few years from now, 50 years of being in the ministry and being born again and serving God, I want to let you know something, man. It is awesome to know that my God has consistently supplied all my needs. Why? Because the will of God is that I preach this gospel to you. Then he says in verse 2, to the saints which are Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Well, I'm preaching to the faithful in the heritage. I'm, I'm preaching to the faithful that are in Christ Jesus who attend our church. And for those of you that are watching. And then he makes this statement, grace to you, peace from God and our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And notice it, in Christ. Not just in heavenly places, but in Christ. So now that you and I are in Christ, we've got to recognize in that anointed state, you're anointed. You're anointed to win every situation. Now, let me go to our text verse of Scripture, Ephesians, if you will, chapter 2, verse 10. And it makes this powerful statement. I, man, I've been enjoying reading this one verse over and over again. He says, For we, you and me, I, you, we, the church, those of you that are listening, and every time you read it, you still have to read it the same way. For we are His workmanship and crafted in Christ Jesus the, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're designed to walk in the good works that are in the anointed one, Jesus Christ. Him and His anointed and the burden lifting, yoke destroying capability. So we're in it. So we can walk with the burden lifting, yoke destroying capability. And it's all found in Jesus Christ. So we stay steadfast. In the message that I've been teaching, I've been dealing with these three words. Sit, walk, and stand. Sit, walk, and stand in Christ. Sit in the anointing, walk in the anointing, and stand in the anointing. Sit in this yoke destroying, burden lifting capability. Walk in this burden-lifting, yoke-destroying capability, and then stand, have you done all to stand, in this yoke-destroying and yoke, this ability of Almighty God to lift every burden and every challenge and every circumstance that comes against you. So let me reiterate, if I may, these verses of Scripture where we're our foundation, what we've been dealing on. I have been dealing with this subject now 
this is going to be my 10th uh, uh, time approaching you with these particular messages. We are in, in sit, st- uh, walk, and stand. And this is our 10th message on this. Ephesians 2, 6 says, He hath raised us up together and made us sit together. So we're not isolated. We're not alone. We need to do this together. You have to do it with me. I have to do it with you. We have to do it with the body of Christ. We're not islands to ourselves. We need each other in Christ. We need each other to fulfill the will of God in this thing. This is so important. Now, also, walking in Christ. Ephesians 2.10, I just read it to you. We are His workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now watch this. Which God ordained that we, you and me, should walk in them. We should walk in them. That's powerful. So we got to walk in this. This is our daily conversation. This is how we conduct our daily life. You cannot be on and off day by day. You got to be a Christian regularly on, on, on an ongoing basis. You know that as a uh, biologically, I am a, uh, I am a male uh, by, biologically. I don't wake up in the morning and I'm not confused. I know I'm a male. I don't wake up and say, I wonder if I'm a female today. I never, I've never woke up that way. I, I have always kept the malehood stature of who I am. I am a man. I grew up to be a man. I was a child. Now I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a mature man. I'm an adult. I'm a man. Well, in Christ Jesus, I'm a new creature. I don't wake up in the morning and wonder if I'm a new creation. I know I am. I don't go to sleep and then wake up and then say, am I still saved? I know I'm saved. I know that Jesus is Lord. I know He's on the throne. I know that God is for me. I'm not confused. So I'm ordained, you're ordained that we should walk in the blessings of Almighty God. This is what we're supposed to do. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, and then we're going to go to 13 and 14. It says this, Put on the whole armor of God. Isn't that good news? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh, oh, listen close to this. So we have a real enemy. His name is the devil. Your real enemy is not called Mormon, Jehovah's Witness. Your real enemy is not called by a natural name. Your real enemy is called the devil. So if you're going through challenges, it's not people. It's the devil. Get your mind off people. Get your mind off. Yeah, but it was a person who said this. It was a person that did this. It was, you don't understand what they said to me. Did that. Hey, 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 hey. If you're going through something, it's because you've allowed it to come and the enemy has taken advantage of that and seated you with some kind of opposition. Satan is looking for any opposition that he can. So the devil is real. If you believe God's real, you got to believe the devil's real. If you believe in a heaven, you got to believe in a hell. If you believe in angels, you got to believe in demons. And demonic forces are at work. Hey, but i got good news. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And when Lucifer fell to earth and a third of the angels came with him, Two-thirds of the angels stayed in heaven. So there's far more angels, angelic beings, working in your behalf, benefiting you, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, and assisting you and helping you than there are ever any demon. If demons can make you sick, angels can make you well. If demons can try to pollute your mind, angels can help clear your mind. That's what they're there for. And so we've got to realize that. So then in verse 13, it says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You ever had an evil day? I've had a few of them over my lifetime. And, uh, but notice this, having done all to stand. So you've got to stand. Having done all to stand. So once you've done all to stand, stand therefore. 
And then he said, uh, having girded your loins, put on the breastplate. And then we, we realize that gird up the loins, that's around your waist. Well, also, Peter says, gird up the loins of your mind. So another place to do that is in your mind. You better tighten up your mind with the helmet of salvation because Satan will inject all kinds of darts You're coming your way. He calls them fiery darts. He calls them wicked darts. He calls them darts that are destructive. And, and you've got a helmet of salvation to overpower that and overcome that. So 2 Corinthians 1.20, in order for us to stand, this is where we left off, and I want to read it one more time, is that, uh, in order for us to stand, we have to stand on something. Many years ago, an individual, before I read this verse of Scripture, made this statement to me. Uh, Pastor Art, I'm having a difficult time on how do I stand? How, which way do I do this? I'm having, I read the Bible, I do, how do I stand? So what I did, and, uh, and some people got shocked when I did this. I actually did it in a church service. I grabbed my Bible. I laid my Bible on the carpet, and I said, stand on that. And he looked at me and goes, I, I can't stand it. That's a holy Bible. I said, why is it holy? He goes, because God wrote it. And it's holy. It's consecrated. And it, it's powerful. I can't stand on that. You believe that book is powerful? Yes. I picked it up, put it in his, in his chest. I said, then live by it. And if it's holy, it'll make you holy. If it's powerful, it'll make you powerful. That's what you stand on. That's how you stand on it. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this. All of the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen, and unto the glory of God by us. Not just to the glory of God, but by us. Why by us? Well, when we receive the exceeding great and precious promises of God, and we live in those great precious promises, the power of God goes into operation, and then we become God's walking billboard. Hey, God is good. God works. And the power of God is working. Look at me. I've come through some challenges. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Look at me. I fear no evil. I've been through some challenges. The three Hebrew children were thrown into the fire furnace. But the end result, the fourth man showed up. Man, isn't that powerful? And when he showed up, they said they didn't even smell a fire. There was, they, their, burnt, their clothes didn't even look like they burned. They didn't even smell a smoke. I'm telling you, no matter what you go through, your God is willing and able and capable and equipping you so that you can walk by faith. Now, in Psalm 16, verse 7 through 9, it makes a statement. I will bless the Lord who guides me. If you and I are going to stand, stand just as means stand still. It means move in a forward direction. Having done all to stand on the promises of God, standing like a soldier on guard and ready to defend everything God gave you. See, let me tell you something. Much of the Bible, the terms that you read in the Bible are military terms. They're terms that mean you and I cannot quit our post. You know, there's some words that we use in military terms. Well, not myself personally. I know the terms, and that is this. Number one is AWOL. You know what AWOL is? That means that they're absent from duty without permission. They never got it, and they left. They jumped the wall, and they left. And they left their post. They, left, they dropped their weapon, and they left. You and I shouldn't be doing that. we got to hold our post. Too many Christians are quitting their post in order for you to stand. And I can't tell you how many times I've had the opportunity to quit. I just didn't accept them. I refused to accept them. Man, many years ago, I remember I was so frustrated. Joanna and I, we lived in the city of Downey. We hadn't been married all that long. And we lived in Downey. And I had just got through preaching in a wonderful city up in Northern California called Red Bluff. 
And I came home. Boy, it was exciting. We preached there. A lot of, it was a smaller church. And man, it was powerful. The miracle signs and wonders. People get born again. Healings were taking place. People, demons were being cast. It was glorious. It was powerful. And then I came home and, and everybody just seemed like, you know, they weren't even excited to hear the Bible at all. And I told Joanne when I got home from church that Sunday, I said, you know what? Why don't we move to Red Bluff? I'm just going to quit here, resign here, and go to Red Bluff, California. Let's go. Let's go do it. She looked at me. She said, you go to Red Bluff. The will of God is here, and I'm not leaving the will of God. You pack your bags, don't pack mine. You go, and then when you're through running from God, I'll go anywhere with you as long as it's God, but I'm not going anywhere with you as long as it's out of the will of God. I'm not going to do that, put my life in jeopardy. What a strong woman. Thank God I married the right woman. Some people, they marry somebody that's pretty but aren't right. So, you know, you got to make sure you marry the right woman and keeps you steadfast. So I will bless the Lord who guides me. Listen to me. Who guides you. And so when you're being, when you're being led of the Spirit of God, He'll lead you. And while you're standing, having done all to stand, you'll walk steadfast. Now watch this statement. Even at night, my heart instructs me. My heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. Do you know the Lord is always with you? Are you sure the Lord is always with you? Do you praise God because He's with you? Can you rejoice? Even if things are going great, even when things are up, even when you're financially blessed, even when you got the good job and everything's going great, do you bless God? And even when challenge comes and your boss says, I don't know what you're going to do. We don't have work for you next week. Can you still look up and say, my God supplies all my need according to the riches of glory by Christ Jesus. Now watch this. I know the Lord's always with me. This next part is so powerful. He said, I will not be shaken. Oh, that's good. For he is right beside me. My God is right beside me. That's how we are. That's because we're seated in Christ. We're walking in Christ and we're standing in Christ. We have this knowledge on the inside. I know stuff looks rough. I know stuff looks challenging. I, it looks like things were abundant and now it looks like things are lean. There's all this virus talk. There's all this sickness talk. There's all this death talk. Uh, people are walking around with masks. I've never seen it before like this in a day in my life. I've never seen these challenges where doctors are coming on on a daily basis. I've never seen these alerts about the virus. I've never seen this before. Well, let me tell you this. Don't be shaken. Why? He's right by your side. He's right with you. Now, this verse said he's right by your side. I got good news for you. God's not right by your side. God lives within you. What? The scripture said, know you not that the Holy Ghost dwells on the inside of you. What? Know you not, not that your body is the temple of the Most High God. The Holy Spirit will come and live in you and reside on the inside of you and bless you and increase you and instruct you and give you counsel and give you wisdom and strengthen you up and undergird you and pick you up when you feel like you're down. That's what the job of the Holy Spirit is. Oh, the, God will never employ, God has never employed and will never employ sickness, disease, failure, opposition to become a school teacher. Never has. You got the greatest teacher in the world. You know what he's called? The Holy Spirit. And he's the greatest teacher that there is. Now watch this. No wonder my heart is filled with joy. Oh, is your heart filled with joy tonight? And listen to this. And my mouth shouts his praises. My body rests safely. Your body, it's not coronavirus infected. It is safety uh, covered by the power of Almighty God. In order for us to stand, this is close to some statements I've already made. In order for us to stand, 
we got to recognize that although there are circumstances, and I got news for you, there are circumstances. I got news for you. Every one of us on this planet, I don't care what nation they're in, including this one, we've all faced some circumstances, challenges that have come up, which are designed to do one thing, weaken us, and they are reporting to us that, uh, that, that we can't make it. But I got news for you. You're not alone. You're not alone. He, say, he, he made a statement regarding that. I know that I, I know I'm not alone. I know that you're not alone. I know that God has never left us. I know that God is with us. And my God has provided every spiritual equipment for you and I to fight, not only fight, but to win. How about, how, wouldn't you love it if you could engage in a boxing match and know you already won? And the moment you're about ready to take the first swing, you tap out and Jesus steps into the arena. Oh, isn't that powerful? That's exactly what happens. When you speak the word of God, you tap out and Jesus, the most high God, the great creator, the one who, who is and is and was to come, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, the bread of life, Jesus, your healer, Jesus, your deliverer, the most high. He steps in and says, I got this, son. I got this, daughter. I got this. I got this. I'm going to take care of you. God will win. He is with us. And I got good news for you. He'll never forsake you. Never forsake you. You have never been forsaken at all. Never have. How do I know that? Well, Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, the, the, the disciple, the apostle Matthew, makes a statement in, in Matthew 28, verse 20. And I want to read it out of the Amplified. And I'm just reading this portion of it. And behold, I'm with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion, to the very close and consummation of the age. Amen. Watch this. I'm with you perpetually. That means forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. God is with you. I don't care how old you are. God was with me when I was born. I just didn't know it. God was with me when I was 10. Nobody told me about it. God was with me when I was 15. I didn't know it. God was with me when I was doing drugs. I didn't know it. But when I found out that God loved me and I accepted Jesus Christ and I gave up the world, I accepted the most powerful thing I could, the most high God. And it took me a few years to recognize this. After being born again and getting into the word, wait a minute, God was with me the whole time. The whole time. I just thought all I had to do was just turn around and change my life. That's what it is. If you're listening to me right now, and you're not born again, all you need to do is know this. Jesus died on the cross. He whipped Satan. He whipped hell and every disease, every sickness, all sin on your behalf. All you need to do is recognize that and accept him. God has never forsaken you. God is with you. God loves you. God cares about you. Perpetually. That means forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. John 14, 8 says this, I'll never leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Oh, isn't that good? I'll come to you. In John 14, 18, the Amplified, I'm never going to leave you as orphans. Oh, no, you can't be an orphan when you have a father. You can't be an orphan. God is not just God. God is your father. When Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead, the veil rent from top to bottom. And when it, rent, when it tore from the top to the bottom, that's not when you stepped into God's presence. That means God stepped out of, out of that veil and stepped right in front of you and stepped into you. And greater is he now is in you. He gave you power to become sons of Almighty God. He said, I'll never leave you as orphan. So never say you're an orphan. You're not an orphan. You're not alone. 
God has not abandoned you. You're not abandoned right now. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. Uh, my parents left. Uh, uh, my daddy left me when I was a child. That may be true from a natural, and that's sad. And I understand that. I don't know the pain of that. I've never have. My father was home. My mother was home. But I know there are many of you listening to me right now. You weren't raised with your daddy. You weren't raised with your mama. Some of you were raised in adoption. Some of you were raised up and you were brought out of the system and adopted and brought out as a foster child. And you were brought out that way. But God is not your foster parent. God is that will never abandon you. No matter what you go through, no matter what you say, no matter how you act, God will never abandon you. You are not an orphan. Listen close. You are not an orphan. My God loves you as a child of his. He loves you. He said, I will not leave you as comfortless, desolate. I will not, I will not leave you bereaved, forlorn, and I'll not leave you helpless. I will come back to you. This is what he's saying, and the Holy Spirit is his presence. This knowledge is so vital to the key of renewing our strength. If I'm going to stand, and having done all to stand, and I gotta, I've got to know this, strength has to come and enables me to stand, withstand anything that comes my way. Anything that comes my way. I, I don't understand how some people get so weak when something comes. Something happens, something some, says, says something to somebody. Oh my goodness, I, I can't tell you how many things Jesus was, uh, uh, was, was declared about him. You're a thief. You're, you're, a, you're a demon. That's why Satan obeys you. You're a, you're a devil yourself. You're a coward. You, you, you're a blasphemer. You're a thief. You hang around thieves. Everything about you. Jesus had everything thrown at him verbally that you could think of. And he was betrayed. And, and people left him. He fed, he fed multitudes. And when he died on the cross, just a handful of people uh, were there. H have you ever been that way? Well, Jesus was. And he made it. And he did it for you and me. Why? Because the joy that was set before him. I got a joy set before me. One day, I'm going to defeat the gravity and I'm going to split the eastern sky and Jesus, the head of the church, Jesus, my king, Jesus, the lover of my soul, Jesus, my beloved, Jesus, who called me the apple of his eye, is going to meet me in the air and those that are dead will rise up first. I'll meet him in the air forever and he and I are going to be blessed. So are you. So are you. And listen to me. So he'll fight for you. Deuteronomy 24 makes this statement. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4. Turn there. It's a powerful verse. Underline it, highlight it. Put some kind of flashy lights next to it so you can recognize it. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, the King James Version says this. For the Lord your God is he that goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. When Jesus died on the cross, he went before you and he saved you. He went, he went and attacked your enemy. Well, in this verse of scripture, they had a natural enemy, but God went before them. So no matter what you're going through, I don't care what you call your enemy. Your enemy could be fear. Your enemy could be hunger. Your enemy could be lack of finances. Your enemy could be something that hurts you. Anger, animosity, wrath. I don't care what your enemy may be. It, it Self-condemnation. It's an enemy. If it's destructive to your image of God, it's an enemy. You got to know who you are. You were created in the image of Almighty God. But God has already gone for you. And he defeated this enemy and he will save you. In the New Living Translation of that same verse, it says this. For the Lord your God is going with you. He'll fight for you against your enemies and he'll give you victory. Oh man, isn't that good? I have victory because of Jesus Christ. You have victory because of Jesus Christ. And here's some good news. 
We have victory because of Jesus Christ. Not in our own flesh, not in our own self, not because we're perfect, but we're perfected in Christ Jesus. We are victorious because of Jesus Christ. Part of the process of standing, champion, part of that process of standing is by renewing our strength. Day by day, sometimes we go through things and we're challenged and we got to renew our strength. You and I have got to renew our strength. Stay connected to the inner ability to identify and name every circumstance involved attacking your life. Don't, you don't spend time with the circumstance, but you better name it and say that's not God from God. God didn't bring it. Every adversity allowed to move into your mind will hinder you. Every adversity, every challenge, every negative word, every circumstance that you allow to move into the compartment of your mind and then you allow it to come out of your mouth, hurt, animosity, an image that creates. It isn't true, but in your mind it's true. If you harbor it, it will hinder you from standing in Christ. It will hinder you in three ways. Becoming what God wants you to become. It will cause you from doing what God wants you to do. And it will prevent you from possessing what God wants you to own. The most resilient Christian are those who adapt by being led of the Spirit when things go wrong. You, you ever do your best and something goes wrong? Oh man, I, I can tell you from a fact that that goes on in my life. I've had that happen. And, 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 so, and I know for many of you, we're, we're all the same way. Just because things go wrong doesn't mean you're the wrong person. Just because things go wrong doesn't make you wrong unless in your mind you live that way. And you got to change that. Your attitude will lie to you and tell you your, your, your calling, your assignment, and your worth is not standing for. It's not worth it. Don't stand for this. You've tried that stuff. I'm tired of being a Christian. I can't tell you in my lifetime how many times I heard people say, I'm through being a Christian. I tried it and it didn't work. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> after all these years, I've not, I have not tried Christianity. I've never tried Christ. I've accepted Christ, and I believe in Christ. I don't try it. Listen, you know why I've been married so long? I've never tried marriage. I'm just married. And, and the situations that come with it, great things, more great things than, than challenging things, more great things, but in the challenging moment, I just know I'm married. This ring that I'm wearing does not make me married. It's just a symbol of my marriage. But it doesn't make me married. My, my, our strength of Joanne's marriage to me and my strength to her came when we stood at the altar and we vowed a vow before God. And that vow is just as strong today as it was the day we made it, if not stronger, because we've lasted all these years together. Faith, hope, and love will produce uh, new products of faith and keep you informed. And you, here's what you need to do. Instead of consulting with your past, instead of consulting with your emotion, instead of consulting with your feelings, instead of consulting with friends that give in to your feelings, I know how you feel. If really? They know how you feel? Then they're, then they're just as bound as you are if they're feeling. Listen, I know what the Word says. If you don't have a friend that say, go to the Word of God, not your feelings. Listen to, listen to this. Consult the Holy Spirit. He's the expert. Your feelings are not experts. Your emotions are not experts. Carnal and natural people analyze things, listen close, through the lens of emotion and then see themselves overwhelmed instead of an overcomer. They see themselves overwhelmed instead of an overcomer. Last verse I want to give you. Hosea 4, 6. 
uh, says this, My people are destroyed for lack of, lack of knowledge. And people stop right there when they read that verse. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And most people don't even say my people. They said, you're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, that, that is true because that's part of the scripture. He said, my people, not the world, not those outside of Christ, not those outside of the born again experience, not those outside, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Why? This is close to what it says. Because you reject knowledge. How do you reject knowledge? By accepting feelings, accepting emotion, accepting challenge. In order for us to stand, and having done all to stand, you got to reject how you feel about things. Your feelings are not always true. This world is hurling at you, challenge after challenge, voice after voice, mechanism after mechanism, trying to separate you from who you are in Christ, to destroy the vocabulary of faith to destroy your image of who you are in Christ. It'll challenge you, ladies and gentlemen. But so you got to name your challenge, get rid of your challenge, and then stand. Don't reject knowledge, accept knowledge. And this is very important when we understand that. Champion, two sources of knowledge. First is birth through wisdom. This is when you observe and you're learning from the mistakes of others. Look around you, others have made mistakes. The second is developed through personal experience. This is when your emotions have become your teacher and you yield to your past experience as a form of learning. If you ever do that, you won't be able to stand. That's why so many Christians fail. And that's why they give up. And that's why they go to church and sit and they're numb. They're like walking zombies. They have no joy, no experience. Man, when praise and worship starts, you ought to get started. Many of us, we look at, we've been out of church for quite a while now because of the COVID-19. When we get back to church, I don't expect to have any silent praising. Sit there and, oh, no, I expect you not to look at me. I expect some exuberance to come out of your mouth. We've, we're getting back into the kingdom of God. We are supposed to sit in Christ. We're supposed to walk in Christ. We're supposed to stand in Christ. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. I believe the words of life have encouraged you, blessed you, and increased your life. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.